Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Welcome to the Game Podcast. Now, you've made a good decision to download this as you have 40 minutes of massive football debate to follow, including Arsenal's humiliation at Old Trafford, Chelsea's win over Plucky Norwich. God, that sounds patronizing, doesn't it? And footballing philanthropy. What on earth is Samuel Leto doing? With me to discuss all this, it's Ben Smith, it's Alison Rod, and of course, from lovely Rippenden, it's Mr. Ollie Kay. So, how about we begin? I imagine you all expect me to start at uh, Old Trafford with uh, United's historic 8-2 win over Arsenal, and uh, uh, that's exactly uh, what we'll do. But, Ollie, I want to start with you. And what I would like to do is, before we inevitably begin our inquest on, on, on Arsenal, I want to talk a little bit about Manchester United because I thought they were actually extremely impressive. And I thought they were actually probably more impressive than they were in the two previous matches. And it's still this sort of Manchester United alternative lineup with all the kids in. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's the, the, that amazing stat yesterday about there being only two survivors from the Champions League final starting lineup, which is only three months earlier, Rooney and Evra. And you look at this team, and I think had people been looking at it two weeks ago going into the season they would have said God that's the, that is a weakened United team with no Ferdinand no Vidic no Carrick no Fletcher etc no Raphael no Fabio and it just looked I mean, they were just fantastic they've been fantastic um, in the last two games I think they've possibly been slightly fortunate to put to face two teams who are, who are in a pretty bad state at the moment themselves, Arsenal and Spurs but they were absolutely brilliant you look at, um, not only at Rooney and Young who I think will both claim most of the headlines but um, <laughs> along with Arsenal um, but um, look at Cleverly who was brilliant barely gave the ball away in midfield, always looking forward, always progressive and the, the one that really impressed me yesterday was Chris Smalling, absolute revelation yeah. at right back yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on, uh, on, on Smalling and, as they, and Young as well I mean they, they I'm not a big Ashley Young guy, but I got to take my hat off. He was um, he was fantastic. Uh, I was going to ask you about Wayne Rooney and his his free kicks because okay, I think I think it's actually these were the third and fourth free kicks of his career that he scored. But I looked at how well he struck those. I looked at that other chance he had, the one which obviously wasn't a free kick, but the one where he hit the post, which I thought was just brilliant. 
confident, well executed. And I'm wondering, is this is the same guy as 12 months ago, right? Well, what's different? Well, he's become a senior player. He's not. He's not the embarrassment anymore. He's not the raw talent who we don't. We won't let him speak because he's just a, comes over as a bit thick. He's someone who's who's grown into his job, if you like. I think, and I think um, when he's interviewed now, I, fi- I find that part of him unrecognisable as well. He's sort of thoughtful and modest. And I was watching those free kicks and thinking, what 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 would another team have done against them? Um, uh, probably the goalkeeper goalkeeper's positioning wasn't great, but that's always with hindsight that the goalkeeper's, you know, a yard the wrong side of the wall. They they were phenomenal, and um, he's probably of anyone in this country on top of his game right now. Ben, are you going to be the one who makes a joke that he's more confident because of his hair? I don't think I'm in a position to do that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a very nice thing to say. No, but I, I, uh, I, I no, he looks uh, he looks like a different player. I think a lot of things are, are more settled in his life. I think you look back twelve months. We were about to see revelations appear in the Sunday newspapers about his private life. He clearly wasn't settled at United. There were problems that would bubble up in October. Now he looks like a very happy chappy, and his uh, and his football is. Um, is bearing that out really he was uh, he was fantastic yesterday Ollie uh, in England of course are, are playing uh, this week um, thinking back a Rooney with, with a Rooney like this and the same cast of characters um, do England have a shot at winning the World Cup or the Euros uh, I think that would still be quite a lot, uh, qu- quite a leap. I mean, England are in a transitional stage, and I don't think they're anything like as well equipped as a, as a sort of collective force to uh, go through a transitional period. Anything like as well as, uh, as a club like Man United does. I mean, United, United's ability to evolve and and you know, revolve, uh, to, to use the famous Alan Partridge. Um, Expression is uh, is unrivaled. In- England are ca- you know are, are famously bad at transition, but uh, but they um, but they will certainly have a, a better shot at it if uh, if Rooney is in this form and um, even if Ashley Young is in this form, he, he does suddenly look like a top class player. I mean that is the route to England winning something, isn't it, Ollie? That they build they England build round a team that exists already in the Premier League and are doing well. Uh, listening to people's uh, argument. Um, Previously, and you look, but yeah, you look through history. You look at, at uh, the, the team built around the sort of Man United core of the late 90s, and that didn't really work at international level. A lot of players like Burton and Gary Neville and Phil Neville were accused of not being international class, being great club players. It was a very similar thing happened with Liverpool in the late 70s, early 80s, where they, they were the core of a team that didn't really work at international level. So I, I think there's always a, a big difference. I think it's, it's harder to play at international level. It's harder to play for England at least evening not because of the standard but just because it just seems like a slightly broken machine sometimes might have worked better of course if uh, Roy Keane Ryan Giggs and Dwight York had been English mm-hmm. um, and maybe Peter Schmeichel too for that matter uh, but I want to wrap up United with one with one point uh, on, on David De Gea who was criticised a lot in the first two weeks now um, 
he made a mistake, I think, again, uh, quite an obvious one. However, to me, this is a slightly different mistake. It's a different type of error. To me, it looked like he wanted to make a kick save. I don't know if his foot got stuck in the ground or, or something. I don't think it was lack of coordination. Um, and the ball went through his legs. To me, that's less worrying than somebody who you know misjudges a ball or, or seems to fall asleep. Uh, ben, you're nodding. Are you just being polite? No, absolutely. I think the other the, the feeling earlier in, in the season was that these were technical errors that were, you know, um, there were worrying errors in his um, technical ability to get down quick enough to make a save to his left or to, to his right when a ball's coming at him from outside the area. But as you say, yesterday just looked like one of those things that could happen to any goalkeeper. I think everything else going on around him must be giving him confidence. And certainly if he is making errors at the moment, the rest of the team are making sure they're not being shown up, which is which is great for him. Well, if you say that penalty, of course, he was mobbed by his teammates. Yeah. Uh, Ollie, are you on board in that? The hair, not a problem, not an issue, nothing to see here? Yeah, it might, might be a short-term problem just because he is still getting used to it. But, but I don't see him being a long-term problem or, or even a medium-term problem at all. He's one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. He he's, he's, might not be one of the top three goalkeepers in Spain, but he's, he's better than um, 90% of the keepers in the Premier League. Okay, now, uh, moving on to Arsenal, you got to go back. It wasn't not this century, not the past century. It's the one before that, the last time that Arsenal gave up Eight goals in a league game. Now, didn't you? Didn't you love that gab when that statistic came out on Sky Sports straight after the game? It was delivered so deadpan. <laughs> I laughed out loud. <laughs> it was 1896, the last time that Arsenal conceded eight goals in a league game. I mean, it's it's that's a phenomenal. I'm surprised statistic. they even mentioned it on Sky because, of course, there was no Premier League back then, so <laughs> it didn't actually happen, right? <laughs> Um, but I I I, I want to um, chuck this out, and I want you guys to convince me. I'm trying to, I am playing devil's advocate to some degree, but you look at this Arsenal lineup and, you know, you've got some guy named Jenkinson, who I'm assuming there's a reason why, you know, he only cost a million pounds and was making, playing his 14th game ever and came from Charlton. Um, you have Giroud, who even when he's fit, doesn't really look fit to me. You have Armand Traore, who uh, is basically permanently injured and was at Juventus last year and was awful. And I think Arsenal had to take him back because he's under contract, kind of like the way you take in a stray cat. Uh, you had somebody named Coughlin, who uh, seemed like a punchline until very recently. Um, you have Rosicki, who I don't think has been good for, for three, four years. You have Ramsey, who, who is good, but is a reserve, let's not forget. You have Arshavin, who looks like he'd rather be at the hairdresser than, than be on the pitch. You have Walter caught with all his limitations. Um, I mean, I, I, anyway, you, oh, sorry, and of the two central, starting central defenders, the one who was there wasn't the good one, Vermaelen, because he's <laughs> injured. It's Koscielny. It's the one nobody likes. So if I'm Wenger, can I make a case and say, yeah, okay, it's, you know, sucks that we lost this game, but it's not Arsenal who lost the game. It's it's Arsenal's second team or maybe even third team. Yeah, okay, that's the so very point. That's, that's the very point, though, isn't it? They... I would agree with your assessment, even though you're, you're pushing it, on each one of those players. I would say, oh, Shavin was the was an embarrassment actually, and he's he's been, he he did not deserve to even be picked for that game when he they're short of players. He tried to get himself sent off. To be fair, he was, that was good. He was he was a pretty atrocious, um, I thought. But there, there there was a lot a lot that was wrong with with each individual player either. Not necessarily their fault, but they're not ready to be playing at this level. So, if you have to go to Old Trafford with that at your disposal, why why do you why do you pretend why do you pretend that they're all world beaters? That's well, how they line. That's how they lined up, and that's how they tried to play. There were spasms of that match where Arsenal did play quite nicely. They were moving up the field uh, with 
real flow and they look like they might just score you can't you can't play the entire 90 minutes with that with that lineup with that mentality they're go- you're going to get absolutely stuffed but and it's that's not, what happened but it's not in Wenger's DNA to just saying you know yeah but that's that's rubbish Ben because but there's, it, no, such, there's no such thing as there's no such thing as football but, DNA but, no no but there's no way he was you're ever going to you're a manager go... and you manage what you have yeah, well exactly that's the problem I don't think he is he he, he, he was never going to go right we're going to shut up shop and try and get away with a 2-3-0 defeat here I don't think he was ever thinking that even when they went 3-1 down they had a go they thought they see if we can get one or two more and, and you know get back in this they didn't think let's prevent an embarrassment I think I mean the, the whole thing is a mess and I, I think it, in many ways although Wenger does need to is the man to turn it around I believe he still should be given the chance to do that I think a lot of the failings are because of things he has has done or hasn't done actually as this, the summer has gone on uh, Ollie, Ollie sorry is the class really not half full when this collection of waifs and strays and freaks goes to uh, uh, you know I, I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking them but but I mean this is not <laughs> Arsenal's first team right even without Nazri and Sask even without the new signings are coming in he is missing sort of six or seven I think there were maybe four starters you could argue that they can go to Old Trafford they can score two goals and miss a penalty against the best team in England yes I mean is, is that a positive you can take from this no, there is, there is no positive about, about yesterday. I mean, there's, there's been, I mean, apart from getting through to the Champions League group stages, which I think was an achievement under the circumstances, I think there's no positive about what's happened at Arsenal this month. It's been really bad. The injuries and suspensions are a real problem because the squad is weak enough as it is. And, you know, we could, we could all name the players who were missing yesterday, for Marlon, Gibbs, uh, Song, Wilshire, Frimpong, etc. But... Sanya, Gervinho. Well, yeah, but you, you look at the the number of players that, that, that were missing or that weren't in United's starting lineup yesterday. Hey, that, that's, that, that's right. But, okay. but, but wait, you, you can't. We're not only anybody's arguing that Arsenal and United are on the same level. I mean, is it really fair to compare Arsenal to United? was last season when they were going for the title in, in, in February I mean I think, I think it ended with the way pretty much everybody expected it to end but, but the idea that the injury problems alone are, are the cause of this I mean, they, they've made a bad situation worse but, but there are as, as notable absentees or there were as notable absentees from the United team yesterday as from the Arsenal team and, and that just tells you that the squad which lacked backbone and lacked strength and lacked depth last season is, has been well has lost what what was masquerading as its backbone. There is no depth to that squad at all. Okay, so what does he do? I mean, I, I watched a little bit uh, afterwards, and I listened to Paul Merson say, "You need to spend money. You need to spend money." You know, and and you know, big English center half Cahill Jagielka. Though I mean, watch Cahill this weekend. Um, I don't know if that's any indication. <laughs> I don't know if this is exactly right. I don't know if he'd be part of the problem rather than part of the solution. I mean, Ollie, well, what do you do? And what do you think he will do? I mean, there's, there's the, the transfer window shuts on, on Wednesday. Well, he's, he's famous for, for his sort of resistance to the transfer market and, and this idea that the transfer market is the cure to all ills in football. And I think he's, in some ways, his attitude has, has been very healthy, but he needs to be pragmatic this time. He needs to look at the weaknesses in the team. He's he said, uh, you know, he said they're going to sign a, a striker, Park from Monaco. Um, he also talked of, of, of signing a defender and a midfielder, but that doesn't sound like enough to me. That doesn't sound like enough, even with the injured players or suspended players to come back. It doesn't sound like enough to take them to where 
they should be or to where they were last season. I think they. I, mean, I keep hearing about a centre back. I, I think they need a left back because I, I don't think Gibbs is good enough even when he's fit, which is rare. I think they need um, just. I, I just think they, they, they don't need bodies, but they need minds. They need people who are leaders who who, who have got experience who, who can help these kids through what is going to be a very difficult season and, and if it means Frimpong plays 15 games rather than 30 games in his first season then so be it I'd ask you guys about Park Chu Young but I'm assuming I've probably seen more of him than undoubtedly you have okay. unless does anybody have a strong opinions on him okay no, then the the, the the type of player he is, is he's a guy who had a very bad injury a few years ago. I don't think he's back to the level he was at, but he is he's sort of a striker, second forward type, but he's very prolific. Um, he's fast, and he's very good at free kicks. Um, I think off the bench, he can certainly help help Arsenal. I think he's also a bargain because obviously Monaco were, um, were relegated. Does that sound like the profile that the other guy they need Ben no I agree that you know you were saying Merson's saying let's just spend 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 and I agree to some extent that is not the solution you can't just say right we'll get a big English centre half in we'll get this guy in and we'll get that guy in here's 35 million quid let's hope that pulls together a team because that's never never has been Wenger's way and never will be I think he obviously so then maybe do you change Wenger then? Well, I think Wenger has to change himself. He has to look at it and realise that perhaps what, what he has been doing for the past five years hasn't worked. And he does have to accept that he has made mistakes and perhaps, you know, things are, the time is to change the time to change is now, but he's got two days to do it. This is the problem for him. He's got to he's gonna to have to make a lot of big decisions in a very short period of time when there's a huge amount of pressure on him. And that is never a good environment in which to, to you know, rebuild a squad, I don't from the uh, crucifixion of Arsenal um, onto Stamford Bridge and Chelsea and, and Norwich. And, you know, I thought Chelsea, again, you know, in the end you say that you watch the 3-1 um, scoreline, you, you, you see the goals, and you're like, oh, look, you know, Villas Boas is sorting them out. Like, no, Chelsea were absolutely dreadful in the first half. And Norwich were very, very good. Nor- Norwich have this this player, Houlihan, who's this, who looks like he's about, you know, and I'm sorry, I know he's familiar to all the people who watch the championship, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I don't. So uh, he was rather unfamiliar to me until this season. Uh, this guy is about three feet tall. Um, it looks like his, his, his kit is too big for him. He sits between between the midfield and and Holt up front. And basically what he does is he sits there and he confuses John Obi Mikel. And it's extremely, extremely effective. And he's got a bit of quality as well. And I thought, you know, Lambert completely outthought and outtacticked um, Villas Boas for, for 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 most of the game actually. That's not true, Gab. I was there as well. And and Lambert tried to outwit Villas Boas. Oh, I can't get me shirts and S's wrong there, but he tried to and he played uh he played three central defenders and it, they didn't know what they were doing. They're not used to playing three at the back and it was a mess. It was only when they went four four two uh, through through injury as opposed to him Lambert accepting it was going wrong ah, he, he, he said that I mean he may have accepted it was going wrong that they started to look better I mean 
Hulahan, I agree, was a breath, breath of fresh air, a revelation, and uh, looked better than Modric did yesterday. If Chelsea are thinking about someone who can play and do darty things in the middle, but um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think Lamy got it quite right. And maybe if, it, if they started badly, Norwich, and they started badly because their defence weren't weren't sure where they should be. Yeah, but they, 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 they have a defence of people who look like they walked in off the street. So, you know, to, to, to some degree, and, and they're taking on they're taking on Chelsea away from home. I, I think they actually did well to, to just concede the one goal. And, you know, if Grant Holt, you know, and I appreciate it's not easy being that size and being actually all coordinated, but that that, that, that ball where, all, where he sprung the offside trap and he tried to sort of turn and try to knock it past Hilario while doing it at the same time and whiffed completely, which I admit was difficult for somebody like, like him. If that goes in, we have a different game. No, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm not. I, 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 in a way, they did better than you're saying because I think they started. They start. Their lineup was bad, and to actually get to the point where we're all saying didn't Norwich play well when they started the, with the wrong tactics means they did extremely well. They overcame two hurdles, playing away at Stamford Bridge and not setting up properly. Ollie, um, he played Drogba and Torres, um, which was something that. I think you know works in, in in sort of panini sticker land. I mean, Ancelotti wasn't able to make it work <laughs> last year. That's why he stopped doing it and lost his job. Uh, Villas Boas hasn't, hasn't done it yet. We saw this for the first time. To me, it looked like the two guys just get into each other's way. Um, and later in the second half, when Torres supposedly played wider, um, he didn't actually play wider. He just kept coming inside. Um, is, is this a, a non-starter playing those two people together? like a non-starter I mean they, they worked on it extensively in training for about three weeks when Torres first arrived in um, in January and, and he looked at it in, in the games and it was it was calamitous really I mean they, they, they those two are both better off as the main focal point of attack uh, of an attack they, they've, they've never really um, I mean people will I'm sure dredge something up from the odd game in Euro 2008 with David Villa but they've, they've never um, Tor- Torres has never been more comfortable than than when he's up on his own, Drogba likewise. And for, for two guys who have no seemingly have no chemistry to be asked to forge a partnership again, I mean it looks desperate. And I think Chelsea've got a real problem there. I I was fairly cynical, skeptical about the the, the, the Torres move when it happened and and it, I mean <laughs> It's gone even worse than than I imagined. It one goal in twenty one appearances now, fourteen starts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Obviously, there will be a game soon where Torres will score goals and he'll probably score three in a month or something like that, but it just Ooh, isn't working. three! My point is, it is not working and, and I'm sure he'll score a couple of goals sooner or later and people will say, oh, look, 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 Torres, Torres is back to his best. Torres has not played consistently well for getting on for two years and if I was a Chelsea fan or if I was a guy who'd written a £50 million cheque there, I would be very concerned. But the, but the worst, sorry, Gab, there were signs in the first game of the season that he looked like he might be approaching something of the old old Torres. I mean, physically, I, he, he, I, I think he's there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wonder though if it's something to do with knowing he's their main man, and I, I, I think he's a player who likes to be loved in in simple terms. And I think at the moment he doesn't know whether he can call himself Chelsea's main man. And with Drogba there, who has given you know Villas Boas every reason to think he should play, I, I just wonder whether Torres will ever. Thrive with Drogba still, and you know, on the on the fringes of the side. I'm not sure there's room for both of them. Right, I'm with you. That's why I think they yeah. should have moved Drogba and probably Nelka as well in the summer. Also, I want to ask you. I, those boys came in saying, saying like, you know, don't compare me to Mourinho and stuff. And many of us, I mean, doing our research, having met the guy, say, no, he's not like Mourinho. He's not prickly and spikely and, and spiky when he doesn't get his way. But um, I wasn't at the post-match press conference, but I did see on television. He did throw a little bit of a of, of, of a little catty, hissy yeah, fit. Yeah, he was a little over sarcastic. The, uh, I mean, what, what I saw a match of the day was, uh, you know, Lambert had said uh, with, with the um, that it shouldn't have been uh, it shouldn't have been uh, sending off. Uh, I think it was the goalkeeper Ruddy on uh, um, on, on Ramirez. Um, and do you want to tell us what Villas Boas said? He has a very good imagination, doesn't he? Um, he's, he's already accused Lambert of. He, said, he, he did say it with quite deep sarcasm in his voice, um, but they, they they'd clashed on the touchline. The two the two the two the two camps. Um, Villas Boas and Lambert. Well, not Villas Boas particularly. His fitness coach. He'd got a Robbie bit over. D. He got a bit overexcited when. Um, for the pen, for the he indicated that that the goalkeeper should be sent off, and that if anything gets another team upset, it's when someone's someone from the other bench is saying this player should be sent off, and it, it, it it's none of their business, and they shouldn't do it. Everyone knows they shouldn't do it, but everyone gets very excited, and um, so La- Lambert was was a bit bit brusque and uh, unpleasant about about the sort of. The, the etiquette of the Chelsea camp and I think once that filtered through to Villas Boas he, he decided he'd give as good as he got and say well he doesn't know much because he can't see a he can't see a penalty a clear penalty when there's one straight in front of him so that's that, that's what it was it was just a bit of a bit of a they were they were there there was tension on the touchline which which is indicative of something isn't it because you wouldn't expect the chelsea camp to feel any sort of um threat from from the visit of norwich and they did get the team did get under chelsea's skin so i think although it's quite nice when a manager shows an element of personality i think it also proves that Villas Boas is 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 struggling to feel that chelsea are have that, have that sort of aura about them under his tutelage at the moment Ollie, one of the um, one of the positives though is that uh, Juan Mata and uh, Romelu Lukaku came on and and both 
both looked really, really good. Um, I'm assuming Mata will get a, a fair amount of playing time. Uh, Lukaku, I'm not so sure, although I suppose he's young enough, maybe you can try to make him the world's biggest, heaviest, quickest winger. Um, but uh, what do you make of those two? And could the fact that, you know, the likes of Anelka, again, Maluda, Drogba, um, Sturridge, they have so many bodies there. Could that stand in the way of their development? Um, it, it might well do. You, you look, I mean, the, the players themselves, Mata, Lukaku, and, and indeed Sturridge, they're, they're all really good young players and, and they need to get enough football um, this season. I mean, I'm sure Mata in particular will, but I don't know whether there is a clear vision uh, and sort of strategy at, at Chelsea as to what, what their lineup is going to be, what, what, what the, the long-term plan is. We, you know, I, I'm surprised that Anelka is still at the club, that Drogba is still at the club. I mean, it, it just all seems too congested. And I, I, I think they need to shed um, one of the older players, maybe Drogba or Anelka, or maybe send Lukaku or Sturridge out on loan because at the moment it looks too congested. Um, I'm actually with you on that. Final word on, 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 on Norwich. Um, again, I was impressed not just by Lambert's job, but also um, some of these players they have are, are very good. And again, and people are going to be like, oh, God, you're a snob. You don't watch the championship. No, I don't really watch much of the championship. I only watch a little bit on TV because that's not what my job is. Um, but this guy Morrison, who uh, who came on, he's kind of like a, an athletic freak, isn't he? I mean... Am I the only one who was this? Was just impressed with sort of this big ball dude who runs like a <laughs> maniac who makes who makes Ivanovic uh, uh, you know look like a pile of dew? No, I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a, I think Morrison was impressed. And logically, is he a, a potential long-term partner for Holt? I mean, could you have two strikers like that? I think. Uh, it's not been done before, but there's no reason to think that Norwich couldn't do it. I think, I think they had players all across the pitch who were slightly surprising, certainly to me as well. And and I think given what we've seen already, there's there's reason to think they may actually put up a real fight this year and, and perhaps defy the odds. I don't know if you would agree with that, Alison. Well, they, 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 they do amuse me a bit because when, <laughs> when, when they came out, I mean, yeah, there were a lot of people in the press box who hadn't seen Norwich before. And there were a, lot of, a lot of my colleagues going, oh, a lot of units out there, aren't there? I mean, there were these, these, these fridges just wandering around the pitch and they look very championship. I mean, they were in League One two years ago. They have that look about them and yet, and yet they don't play stodgily at all. They have pace where it matters on the flanks and... Uh, Good spirit. All right. Um, Samuel Eto'o, by my reckoning, um, and I know this is a slightly theoretical argument and it can confuse some people, including um, the uh, company that doesn't seem to understand the difference between net and gross wages, but uh, you can read my blog to find more about that. But um, if Samuel Eto'o were in England and um, if he was earning the same amount of money after tax that he's earning in, uh, in Angie, um he would be the most expensive, uh, he would be the highest paid athlete in the world in any kind of team sport, possibly in F1 or golf as well. I can't quite figure out, although I imagine Tiger probably still makes more despite everything. Um, it's pretty remarkable. You've all, you all know the story, 30 years old, and he turns his back on the Champions League and moves to a place where there is no Champions League football. Um, moves to a 20,000-seat stadium in Dagestan, which right now is the second most dangerous part of Russia. Um, he does actually, doesn't actually move to Dagestan because he, he will live in 
Moscow with the rest of his team and simply fly down for games, which is what Anji do for uh, security reasons. Um, I'm not going to ask you about whether Anji can challenge for the Russian title, get the Champions League or so on. I'm just kind of fascinated in the thought process. Um, can anybody relate to this? Anybody want to come out and make the case, say like, yes, it makes sense when you know, you've been earning uh, something like, uh, when you've been earning about eight million pounds a year after tax to go and bump it up to 17 and a half million pounds after tax as he's done now. So is your question, why does someone who's already very wealthy need to be and whose career ultra is, wealthy? Exactly, and whose career is, is, is winding down. Why give up on the chance? I mean, he's never going to be 30 years old again. He's never going to have a chance to, to compete at the peak of his powers in the Champions League. Maybe, maybe he was always motivated by the money and not by the glory. Who's to say? And they've done studies to show that there's a high proportion of people who, if you give them sudden wealth, and for most footballers it is sudden, um, after six months, whatever money you have, it feels like not enough, and you get very angry and more upset than someone who has nothing. You feel you deserve more. So he's probably in that category of person who has enjoyed the money more than any other element of the game. And if that's what it is, then he's going to say, yes, please, I'll, I'll play anywhere. Ollie, you have a degree in behavioural psychology. What do you think? Well, we, we all know that an, an English player would would never do that. That, that, that. An English player at the age of 30, 31 would never um, turn his back on the big clubs of Europe and, and go and you know play in a backwater, apart from David Beckham, of course. Um, now, it's... Um, I mean, the, the, it was a joke. Everybody laughed politely. <laughs> and Robbie Keane. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, the, it, it's, it's comparable in some ways to the Beckham thing. There's obviously a big difference between going to play for Angie and going to play for LA Galaxy, but it's basically, it seems like putting, um, I mean, I know there's the Beckham sort of spiel about the project and how exciting it is. I mean, Beckham, Beckham made a poor career decision that, that, that seemed to be more about um, the Beckham brand and I don't know whether to what extent money is the issue there but he, he certainly didn't do his football well, career any good Ollie uh, uh, though on, on Beckham I mean despite the fact that everybody reported that stupid quarter of a billion dollars number and whatever the reality with Beckham is that he probably didn't even benefit financially from from moving to LA you know, uh, because he he just was never able to exploit it to the degree that it was what he could have made had he stayed in Europe. But that, but that, well, I mean, I'm, so it was probably more about the stardom and the celebrity, and in, in a new market, that's in exactly a new world. What, that's exactly what it's about. I mean, I don't think you can compare Beckham with Eto in this case because Beckham was moving to to Hollywood. You know, he he was moving for fame. He was moving for his wife and his kids. He was moving for the benefit of the the brand, as you said, Ollie. Eto Eto is moving to a place where he's he's having to be flown into Dagestan, as, as Gab says, one of the most dangerous places in in Russia. It, it, you can't see anything other than pound signs or you know in his eyes this is this is a money this is a decision that is purely motivated by greed is the only word that comes to mind i think but, but i'm saying that it, it's it's an it's the, the similarity is that it's a decision that is not based on yeah. footballing yeah. ambition absolutely yeah. That, yeah. i i think that's a great point and i think ollie nailed it there it's not based on footballing ambition um i think clearly i mean best case scenario he will see champions league football um, in in eighteen months' time, and with a team that, you know, who knows if they, if they'll even be able to compete. But 
what I find interesting is that it, it, it is a non-footballing thing, and you could argue that in the same way that David Beckham was much more or is much more than just a footballer in the sense that he has this whole sort of celebrity dimension and whatever else. A lot of people making the case that Samuel Eto'o is much more than just a footballer as well. He's won everything there is to win, um, realistically, at, at, at club level. Uh, he's thinking about what he's going to do after his career. The fact of the matter is, in three years' time, he's going to have an extra 50 million pounds cash-free in the bank. And I know it's easy to lose track of how much footballers make, but it's probably more money than he's made in his entire career. So he will be an extremely rich man. He's from Cameroon. He's very attached to not just Cameroon, but the neighboring countries like Gabon and whatnot. He will probably, if he moves back there, probably instantly become you know one of the three or four richest people in that part of the world. He has ambitions for a political career. He has ambitions for his foundations. He wants to do good. Is this at the heart of it? And and if that's the case, should we be faulting him? I mean, if somebody's going to go out and spend fifty million pounds, uh, I'd rather it was Samuel Leto spending them in in West Africa than Suleiman. What evidence spending. do we have that he's going to reinvest the money in countries that desperately need it? I mean, I'm always being told by adver- advertising, ten pound a month will put a child through college in some very poor part of the poor part well, of the world. Well, I mean, we don't. He hasn't come out and said this. I'm only here to take the money. Going to go and spend it in Cameroon afterwards. But he he is one of the most philanthropically active um, footballers in the world. He has at least two foundations um, that are involved in everything from hospitals to to scholarships to empowering women and various minorities in Cameroon and in Gabon. Um, and, he, and he's also not just somebody who signs checks. He actually personally goes and, and, and fundraises as well, which, which, which you know, I think sets him apart. Well, then bit. let's take it all back. He's sacrificing the glory and the, 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 <laughs> the beautiful element of his career because he knows he can I'm do more for the people at large if he, if he goes with, with the Russian bucks. I mean, if, you, if, if that all does turn out to be the case, then as Alison says, we'll have to hold our hands up and say, you know, Samuel, I'm sorry I called you greedy. You, you were doing it all for the greater good. And, and, you know, if he does do that, then you kind of think, fair enough, what a great thing to do. If he has won everything in the game and he is happy with with his career and he's made his peace with that then going and earn a few bucks and spending it for it couldn't be more logical really no. as a career step <laughs> take it all back <laughs> uh, Ollie are we near this stage where, where, where footballers become so big and so wealthy that you know and, and so famous and, and culturally significant that they can just go and after they retire realistically embark say in, in, in a career in, in, in politics I mean um, George Way obviously yeah. you know um, attempted it as well and maybe there's a bit of a parallel there I think I think it's probably easier in in Africa where, where these guys are, are very much the the sort of iconic figures of their country. I mean, you could say you could say well, Beckham or, or Zidane or whoever is, is an iconic figure in their, their own country, but, but but it is a very different um, it is a very different establishment. You there. don't see Jamie Carragher perhaps one day running for mayor of Liverpool. Mayor of Sefton, I think. Is, is, mayor of Sefton, yeah. It's quite possible he's already a freedom for one of those Marxist parties that Tony Evans likes. <laughs> But um, but the um, I mean just going back slightly um, there was a, there was a quote that um, Ian Hawkey in the Sunday Times piece about Eto the other day I mean, he, he produced an old quote from Eto from eight years ago when he signed for Barcelona he said I will run like a black man so I can live like a white and that 
sounded like a guy who was aspiring to earn as much as he could in his career to I mean to improve his lifestyle improve the, probably the lifestyle or, or the, the the wealth um, that he could enjoy post post retirement and, and obviously it sounds from Gav from what you're saying like he um, he wants to do you know he, he wants to do it so um, more people can in, well, enjoy the off you know the, the offshoots of his wealth I mean his, his other famous quote when he, from when he was in Barcelona was that like it was you know I live in in Barcelona at night when I go to bed I sleep in Africa mm. you know um, so he is obviously somebody who, who has maintained this this sort of very active tie and active interest with, with his country and I, I don't know I, I, I guess for me I mean we can't read people's minds but I feel slightly more confident about his reasons for going there and while I find it slightly depressing then and it's not just him I mean, Roberto Carlos is there as well and um, you know guy like um, like Diego Tardelli the, the Brazilian who you know could be playing in a top European league easily and making a lot of money but perhaps not obscene money like he's making now that these people have, have chosen to go there and what is clearly not about developing football in Russia because if you're doing football in Russia you go where there's actually people and fans and not you know an artificial team that was started you know a decade ago and, and is in this sort of freakish you know, situation with, with flying in and whatnot. Um, you know, they're actually you know, only 200 miles from Tehran. You know, I mean, probably, you know maybe, maybe one day they'll choose to live there and fly away. I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> I'm, I am blown away. But um, I guess time will tell on, on, on Samuel Eto'o. But I, I think the one thing we all need to bear in mind, and I may be in the minority here, is that even if he did just do it for money, it doesn't erase the the, the incredible sort of 12 years, incredible career he's had, um, the, the number of people he's proven wrong over the years, and you know, the fact I think we did witness probably between 2000 and 2010, you know, he's certainly one of the top two or three players in his position in the world. Okay, time now for some quick hits. Allison, you get to go first! Liverpool pummel Bolton 3-1, and this time it's Carroll who's on the bench to start. Is this a one-off, or might we be seeing the quicker, peppier Liverpool more often? I think Liverpool is so good. We could, so good we can write off the £35 million we spent on Carroll. Um, I wasn't that convinced by his signing. I, I couldn't work out where he'd fit in. And uh, Liverpool have been playing um, some really good, sparky one-twos um, almost as good as Man City um, so I don't think it's a one-off I think we'll see the quicker peppier Liverpool more often yes Noisy neighbours may have been overshadowed by Manchester United but Ollie winning 5-1 at White Hart Lane is still a big deal is this uh, Manchester City's best performance under Mancini and if they play this well the rest of the season do they win the title? I think uh, I'll probably be splitting hairs if I mentioned a, a, a brilliant performance um, at Fulham uh, last season I mean this Yesterday was in some ways the best performance because it was uh, it was against the Tottenham or be a sort of depleted, demoralised Tottenham. It was a brilliant performance. You can only beat what's there, but they were they did it brilliantly. Jacko looked superb. Four goals, superb performance. And um, if they do play like that every every week, if they win five one every week, then uh, yeah, I, I dare say they will win the title because they'll have a hundred percent record. He's always been good in mass at Ollie K. Speaking of Spurs, Harry Redknapp explained to the media that Modric didn't want to play, but he told him he had to play, and when he did play, he was frankly rubbish. Um, ben, what do you make of this, and do you think you'll be moving a few postcodes southwest? 
it's gone beyond a joke this situation now unfortunately for Spurs I think um, they do have to hold their hands up and so they've done their best to, to try and hang on but now they need to do a deal with Chelsea and get rid of him get someone else in there is no point in keeping a player who wants to be somewhere else um, this will you know, if if they do hang on to him in the next few days, you're going to have a player who isn't, isn't himself for the rest of the season. So yes, sell him now. Bye bye, Luca. Gab, a question for you. Um, Real Madrid began their Liga campaign last night at Zaragoza. How did they get on? Uh, they got on rather well. They won 6-0. Um, even Kaká came off the bench and scored and uh, also set one up. Cristiano Ronaldo got a hat-trick. All more the same. The one thing is Saragossa, absolutely a terrible side. They're, they're in deep financial doo-doo. They, they basically sold anybody they could sell in the summer. Um, so it's not really a benchmark. But, you know, it, but as the wise man says, you can only beat what's in front of you. And Ronaldo is on pace to score 114 goals in La Liga this season. Ooh. Delighted you could join us this week. Remember, you can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find all your news, your gossip, your analysis. Uh, you can do the web chats. Patty's on Monday. I'm on Tuesday. Ollie's on Wednesday. You can get Graham Spears and Matt Dickinson later in the week as well. And remember, of course, you can also always follow us on Twitter. Till next week. Bye-bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.